Uh, ok, I'm uh, Daniele Di Tullio, I'm part uh, of uh, the cryptography team, ok? And uh, uh, the topic of this session is uh, Plonk, ok, in particular the Plonk arithmetization, the Plonk as described by Ben Sasson and others in their original paper actually is a complete proving system, but uh, what uh, was really new actually was uh, the arithmetization. Uh, Daniele introduced a little bit uh, what is this concept. Basically, I mean, it's uh, the translation of any kind of computation uh, into a set, uh, I mean, uh, of polynomial uh, con, uh, strains. Hi. And then, okay, we'll talk about the lookup arguments, which are a specific uh, optimization for Planck. Uh, okay, as I was telling before, uh, okay, we have a computation. Okay, this computation starts from a certain input that uh, can be called X and generates uh, an output. And the fact that during the, the computation, uh, some intermediate values are produced and uh, these intermediate values are called witnesses of computations. Okay, in general, of course, uh, uh, to prove that, uh, okay, the computation uh, was done correctly, you have to prove that uh, all these intermediate values uh, satisfy some kind of uh, relation that generically I denoted as uh, Ri of X, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, then the correct execution of the, of the program means exactly that uh, all uh, this relation must be satisfied. And uh, it's not trivial, uh, as also Daniele told you before, but uh, any kind of computation uh, at the end can be computed, uh, I mean, can be described by a set of uh, polynomial relations over a finite field. Now, is uh, if, uh, okay, you have uh, something which is uh, a computation which is described algebraically over uh, this finite field F, then uh, it is in some sense uh, clear, okay? But uh, there are many computations, like for example, if you have to compute the SHA-256, uh, then uh, you have uh, all these binary operations that are not uh, obviously converted uh, uh, into polynomial uh, uh, relations and uh, then, uh, okay, this is a very delicate point, so I, we will not focus uh, too much in detail over it. And uh, so, as I told uh, uh, before, uh, we, the arithmetization is this conversion into polynomial relations, and uh, this is a very fundamental step because at the end uh, you have uh, a small set of polynomial rela relations that must be verified, which is equivalent, and uh, this is necessary uh, because uh, uh, thanks to the polynomial commitments, uh, allows you to have, uh, have a succinct proof. And uh, so, okay, I will focus mainly on this, on, uh, this intermediate step. And uh, so Planck, in its original idea, is, uh, let's say, a way to have an arithmetization. There are many others, for example, uh, there is the rank one uh, constraint system, R1CS, that uh, was described uh, uh, by Daniel in which uh, at the end uh, you convert uh, everything to an arithmetic circuit uh, with uh, these uh, two basic operations, plus and times. And, uh, and uh, okay, the idea of Planck actually is a bit uh, 
different in the sense, okay, when you have a, a computation, then you can uh, assume, you can convert it on a sequence of basic arithmetic uh, operation over the finite field F, uh, which are denoted uh, like this. So uh, here I wrote explicitly the formula is QM X times Y plus QL times X plus QR R times Y plus QC. And uh, okay, for example, if this is one and uh, the other are zero, this is just a multiplication. If otherwise uh, this is one and this is one, this is just an addition. So let's say that uh, this is a kind of general arithmetic operation. And uh, the idea is that, uh, okay, since uh, uh, any computation can be converted in a sequence of uh, operation like this, uh, then you can think uh, uh, to arrange uh, in, a in a table all uh, the intermediate values. And uh, so uh, you have that uh, a sequence of, you have a sequence of rows, uh, and uh, each, uh, the, all uh, the values on uh, each uh, row satisfy the same kind of relation. I mean, these are constant values, these are the witnesses, and okay, these, uh, of course, they are different row by row, they're not the same. But uh, the idea, okay, of uh, having arranged the variable in this way uh, is that uh, then you have an easy way, okay, uh, to convert the fact that for each row you have this kind of relation into a global polynomial relation that then can be verified succinctly. The idea is the following. Okay, for each column, okay, you have a vector of values. And using Lagrange interpolation over a domain, okay, which is at the end a multiplicative subgroup of Defined the field uh, F. And uh, you can think this, uh, this vector, these columns, as uh, the evaluations okay, of uh, some polynomials at uh, the points of the domain H. Okay, I know that uh, it's a bit uh, technical, but okay, if uh, you give this uh, interpretation, then uh, you have that uh, all uh, this relation that uh, all the row by row actually can be expressed succinctly by a single equation of this type. I mean, because uh, the fact that, okay, you enumerate uh, the elements of each, and if uh, for each x here you substitute uh, a single, uh, all the elements of each, for example, if we have the first element of h, this means that uh, the relation between the values in the first row hold, and et cetera, et cetera, okay, for all uh, the, the other rows. And, uh, okay, probably, I mean, you can interrupt if you have uh, a double. I know that uh, maybe it can be uh, a bit uh, delicate, okay? But uh, here, uh, at the end, uh, is uh, the equation that we have to verify. Okay, in the original Planck, okay, they verified this uh, equation together with others using uh, uh, the Kate commitment, Kate commitment, which is a kind of polynomial uh, commitment. Uh, I mean, uh, actually, there are other possibilities. For example, uh, uh, Polygon use uh, uh, the free commitment. Uh, but okay, let's see that uh, this, how to verify 
this kind of equation is another part, and uh, today we will describe more uh, the process of uh, arithmetization. Oh, okay, uh, the problem that uh, uh, we had is that, uh, okay, we arrange the variables in the, this table like, uh, okay, in this way, but uh, uh, you can observe that, okay, each row here actually is uh, independent by the other, okay. The elements of the row are uh, under this constraint, but uh, uh, the elements of different rows are not connected by any, any, by any kind of constraint. So, uh, of course, uh, if uh, you don't describe a way to link elements in different rows, then uh, this relation by themselves are, meaning, are uh, meaningless. So, uh, the way in which uh, you connect uh, elements in different rows are the so-called copy constraints. Uh, the copy constraints can be talked pictorially as uh, wires that uh, connect uh, different elements and different rows. For example, uh, suppose that uh, we have a table like this, and uh, the fact that uh, uh, we have uh, uh, a wire connecting xi to yi plus one, it means that uh, these two values, okay, inside uh, the table are uh, the same, and of course this means that uh, this ui is equal to xi plus one. And uh, so, I mean, these copy constraints are uh, uh, a fundamental ingredient of, uh, okay, uh, otherwise, uh, the, that polynomial constraints are meaningless, as I told you before. And, uh, okay, the way, okay, here, okay, if, uh, okay, if you know about Ranglange inter interpolation, then uh, it's clear as how, okay, you move from this set of polynomial relations, okay, for each row to uh, this global one. Uh, in this case, uh, it's uh, less obvious. So uh, what uh, you need to do uh, is uh, uh, a bit tricky, okay? The idea is that, uh, okay, whenever you have uh, this set of wires and uh, you have a table, that, uh, then you may think that, uh, that you can divide the table, okay, at least uh, uh, the part uh, corresponding to the witness values, not the part corresponding to the constants. Uh, into uh, elements, okay, which have the, the same values. And so you can, uh, let's say, assign a color, okay, to the table indices, and uh, table indices with the same color uh, mean that, uh, okay, the corresponding elements will have the same values. So, for example, here, uh, you have all these elements connected by wires. I mean, in mathematical terms, it means that, okay, it's a connected component of a graph. And then you, you have a so-called partition of the table indices. And so all the elements in the, in, in the same part of the partition uh, correspond to the same values of the witnesses. Now, uh, 
the idea of the permutation argument, okay, I know that uh, it could be hard, okay, is that uh, you want uh, to describe, globalize the fact that uh, elements, uh, okay, inside the table are equal. And uh, the idea is the following, okay, whenever we have a table, uh, you can uh, express this uh, precise condition in terms of uh, invariance of a table under a permutation. So what does it mean precisely? Let's do an example. Suppose that we have, uh, let's say, this coloring. A permutation is just, okay, a map, let's say, with, uh, okay, exchange the table indices, okay. Uh, let's say mathematical term is uh, a one-to-one -one map. And uh, the idea is that, okay, whenever we have a partition like this, like this uh, then you can construct a specific uh, permutation such that uh, the invariance of the table is the equivalent to the same coloring. In this way, for example, you have uh, these indices which uh, correspond to the same values, and you can define a new permutation sigma which uh, maps uh, 0, 0 to 0, 1, like this, uh, 0, 1 to 1, 0, uh, 1, 0 to 2, 1, and 2, 1 to 0, 0. And uh, now you, you observe that uh, if you impose this condition, the fact that t0,0 is sigma to, is equal to t of uh, sigma of 0,0 0 means that t0,0 is equal to t0,1, and then t0,1 is equal to t1,0, and then t1,0 is equal to t2,1. And uh, then uh, you do the same for uh, the other colors. And uh, after uh, you have uh, done uh, this trick, then uh, you have exactly a permutation sigma, which uh, in some sense represents uh, the partition of uh, the table indices. Okay, probably, I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's, uh, I know that it's a bit uh, technical, but, uh, <laughs> Okay, this is the most uh, painful slide of uh, all the presentation, I promise you. <laughs> okay, sorry. And uh, the fact uh, is that, okay, once that uh, uh, you have converted, okay, this equality of table elements into a condition of invariance under a permutation, then the condition of invariance under a permutation uh, can be converted to some horrible uh, formulas uh, <laughs> like that. I mean, uh, Daniele told that I, uh, I would kill you showing you this slide that, okay, don't, uh, don't read too much in detail, but, <laughs> uh, but okay, the idea is that uh, there are some polynomials uh, that uh, represent the constructed permutation uh, sigma, and uh, the fact that uh, <laughs> elements uh, 
uh, okay, the, the table uh, is invariant under permutation is equivalent to this equality of long uh, products, okay? And uh, it turns out, okay, is uh, of course uh, describing it in detail uh, would re require too much work that this uh, uh, equality of long products can be translated, uh, okay, once you fix uh, the values of these variables uh, yeah, into, let's say, uh, succinct equalities of polynomials. Okay, succinct, I mean, it means succinct in the length of the circuit. Okay, this equality is not succinct because, of course, uh, this is a polynomial uh, of degree, okay, n times uh, the degree of the column polynomial. So if, for example, n is to the 20, usually, of course, that's a, a very high degree polynomial equation. Instead, this equation has a low degree, so in this sense, uh, are succinct and uh, can be uh, efficiently verified uh, via polynomial commitments. Okay, uh, there is a generalization of uh, Planck. Okay, in the original Planck, uh, you assume that uh, Oh, the computation could be reduced to a sequence of basic arithmetic operations like this. But, uh, okay, this is not efficient in general because uh, for some specific operation, like, for example, the computation of hash functions, uh, then uh, you want uh, uh, to design specific gates, which means uh, uh, specific polynomial constraint act acting on uh, some rows, which are not the standard... Uh, arithmetic constraints. And uh, the idea is that, okay, at the end you reduce the, okay, the computation in this sequence operation, and, uh, but this operation are not uh, just uh, the basic one, but they can be also uh, this specific uh, one. And uh, what you need, okay, is the, it's a way, okay, to decide on each row what uh, kind of operation uh, you are enforcing. If you are enforcing the, for example, the basic arithmetic gate or another specific gate. Uh, about that, I prepared uh, an example. And uh, suppose, for example, that you want, you want okay, uh, to prove the correct computation of uh, the following function, which is two times x to the 82 plus three x plus seven. Uh, and uh, in this case, we don't use the, just uh, the arithmetic uh, gate A. Okay, the arithmetic gate A actually is uh, the, okay, is the gate that uh, I described you at the beginning of uh, this presentation. And, uh, then we define uh, a power nine gate. Okay, and this power nine gate uh, uh, means that this uh, u is x to the nine, and uh, it is, uh, in this case, uh, enforced by the following relations, that uh, y is equal to x to the cube, and u is equal to y to the cube. Okay, also that you have these relations, uh, then, uh, you can uh, define the following uh, program, okay, which computes the function f, okay? Uh, you, you define the first variable, okay, which is uh, 
the ninth power of uh, the input, x0, so that, that is actually x0 to the ninth. Then you define another variable, uh, which is the ninth power of uh, u0, and uh, we call it u1. And uh, this means that uh, it is x0 to the 81. And then uh, we will have that u2, okay, is the output of the composition, because of course uh, u1 is uh, x0 to the 81, so this is 2 times x0 to the 82. Then uh, you have a plus 3 x0 plus 7. And uh, now I will show uh, row by row uh, of uh, this program how you can uh, construct the table and uh, how you define the selector. For example, uh, the first row, okay, we are using uh, this uh, gate G, okay, the power nine gate. Uh, so it means that uh, uh, the selector, okay, for uh, the arithmetic gate is zero since it's not used. Instead, the selector of uh, this uh, power nine gate is set to one. Uh, the constants uh, in this case are meaningless, are, uh, in this case are set of, to zero, but actually they could have uh, any value because, I mean, they are not involved in the relation. And then, uh, of course, uh, we have that uh, weight zero is x zero to the cube and u zero is y zero to the cube. Uh, then uh, we have the second uh, row of the program. Uh, I mean, it's still uh, the same operation that uh, we are doing. So, Again, the selector of the arithmetic gate is zero. The selector of the power nine gate is one. And then you see that we have constructed a copy constraint. And uh, the fact is that, uh, of course, uh, we define this U1 as the power nine of U0, but uh, uh, the polynomial relation hold between x1, y1, and u1. So uh, in order to have the really, uh, to really have the power, the ninth power of u0, then you have to enforce that u0 is equal to x1. And then, okay, we have uh, uh, the third row of the program. The, in this third row, we are uh, using an arithmetic gate. Uh, so uh, it means that the selector for the arithmetic gate is set to one. And instead the selector of, of the power nine gate is, is set to zero. And in this case, uh, what are the constants? Okay, these are the constant, which is the coefficient of uh, the left uh, input. Okay, and in this case is three, the coefficient of the left input. Uh, then uh, the coefficient of the right input, in this case, uh, is zero because uh, here uh, uh, the right input will be y2 equal to u1 and uh, it's zero. Then this is the coefficient of uh, the multiplication and in this case is two and then the, it's the, there is the coefficient of the constant. And uh, so uh, actually the, our table uh, is completed and uh, we have uh, also all the copy constraints and uh, the relation acting on its row. 
now uh, the selector okay we have uh, a fact okay the selector tell you if a specific gate is active on each row uh, but uh, what we want okay in order to convert the uh, relation between the rows into uh, say the succinct polynomial relation uh, is that actually on all the rows uh, the equation that must hold are uh, the same because okay we want to use the Lagrange interpolation over uh, the domain H and uh, so in this case the selectors help us why? Because, okay, if uh, we may think that uh, on each row the following uh, equations hold, and uh, okay, here it should be capital G, sorry. Uh, but uh, okay, if uh, this uh, SGI is equal to zero, then uh, this equation is trivially zero equal to zero, see? so it's uh, automatically verified. and. Uh, Otherwise, uh, it's the relation corresponding to the power nine gate uh, are satisfied. So we, we think that uh, for all the rows, these three equations hold. And uh, then, uh, okay, the, these uh, equations can be globalized as I did uh, uh, at the beginning. Okay, uh, using uh, the Lagrange uh, interpolations, and then uh, they are converted into okay, uh, uh, a small number of polynomial relations. Okay, actually, these polynomial relations, uh, uh, I should have specified that hold over the domain H, and holding over the domain H means exactly uh, that uh, it is an equality modulo this equation because this is the equation of the domain H. Okay, and uh, that uh, was the idea of Turbo Blanc using custom gate. Of course, uh, uh, there are uh, in practice more uh, complicated equations of this. Okay, there are uh, uh, gates, uh, okay, which uh, acts on multiple uh, consecutive rows, not just on a single row, but okay, I just uh, tried uh, to make, uh, let's say, a, a short example of the idea of TurboGlonk and how to uh, construct the circuit, the copy constraints, uh, and uh, which, okay, should be suggestive, I hope. Okay, then uh, there is another uh, uh, optimization of Plonk called uh, Ultra Plonk. And uh, the idea of this ultra plonk uh, is to prove, okay, some uh, specific uh, inequalities. Okay, suppose that, for example, you want uh, to enforce that uh, some field element is below a certain bound B, okay, and uh, assume that this bound is, two, is a power of two, so we are enforcing that uh, this field element has at most B bits in this case, uh, what uh, you would do uh, in uh, the most naive way is, uh, okay, to 
define what are uh, all the bits of uh, these field elements, find the binary decomposition of this field element, and uh, after this, uh, okay, you need to introduce many new variables because for each bit you have, uh, uh, of course, to enforce that uh, it is a bit, so you have uh, uh, to enforce that uh, uh, x times y minus x is equal to zero if you want to enforce that x is eight or zero or one. And uh, so it means that, uh, okay, you would introduce many new variables and uh, many new rows of the circuit. So uh, uh, the idea of uh, ultra Planck uh, is that, okay, you can uh, prove that uh, some value is below a certain band or uh, in general uh, it uh, belongs to a, to a, let's say, a fixed uh, set of values, so in general uh, you prove uh, an inclusion of two vectors like this, okay, for the range check, okay, you have uh, that uh, this uh, vector t is 0b, but okay, it can be any, any vector, and uh, you do it, okay, uh, okay, without creating a specific variable, but with uh, um, let's say, a specific, using a specific argument, which is called a lookup uh, argument. Okay. And uh, so I will try to give uh, an idea what is uh, the lookup argument. There are many versions of these lookup arguments. Uh, I will describe, in this case, the version of Zcash, because uh, uh, I think uh, is the easiest to be explained. Now, suppose that uh, uh, we have two vectors, and uh, we assume that uh, these two vectors have the same length n, and uh, we want, uh, okay, uh, to give uh, a proof that uh, uh, the vector 8 as set, okay, is included in uh, the vector b. Uh, the, the idea uh, is that uh, Okay, if uh, we have uh, these uh, inclusion vectors, then uh, there must uh, be, okay, some permutations of A and B, uh, that which can be called A prime or B prime, uh, such that, okay, the first values uh, are the same, and then, for the next values, either you have that uh, a prime i is equal to a prime i minus 1, or a i prime is equal to b prime i. Uh, let's give, uh, for example, let's give an example of this. Okay, suppose that uh, uh, you have a which is equal to 2, 2, 4, 5, 4, and b which is simply 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, then uh, you can uh, define the following uh, vectors, a prime and b prime, which uh, satisfy uh, this kind of relation. Then you have a prime zero is equal to b prime zero. Okay, it's clear that a is a permutation of a prime and b is a permutation of b prime. In this case, the permutation is, is not specific. We just want that uh, it's uh, any of it. And uh, after this, uh, okay, you can see that uh, this relation holds. For, for example, a prime one 
is equal to a prime zero, a prime zero. Okay, that's uh, just an example of how you can uh, define uh, uh, these permutations. Okay, and uh, again, uh, we have uh, quite uh, long formulas. And uh, the idea then is the following. Okay, okay to prove that uh, a vector A is included in the, ve in the vector B, first uh, you prove that uh, A dash is a permutation of A and uh, B dash is a permutation of B. Okay, and uh, this uh, correspond as, okay, in the permutation argument to an equality of very long products. And uh, again, uh, it will be long to, okay, describe explicitly how, okay, you move from this uh, equality of long products to this, uh, uh, let's say, short uh, polynomial relation, but uh, uh, what you do is that, okay, that uh, we have this relation that must hold over uh, the domain H, which, uh, let's say, prove uh, the, uh, okay, this relation, of course, uh, prove, uh, okay, the fact that B is a permutation of B dash and A is a permutation of A dash, and uh, then, uh, okay, you, uh, you have to prove that, uh, okay, at the end, the argument is, uh, is a bit simple, but, okay, pretty similar to the, the one of the permutation argument I gave before. Okay, I cannot, uh, okay, it would be very long to explain on all of the, of, on all the details how we move, okay, from, uh, that argument to these polynomial relations, but uh, uh, okay, that's uh, okay, the idea. And uh, okay, it's a bit technical, but okay, it's uh, let's say at the end just uh, on optimization, uh, which uh, avoid us uh, to introduce too many new variables. And uh, hopefully for you, okay, it's, uh, it's the end. And, uh, okay, you didn't ask any questions. <laughs> 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 <laughs>